You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 77. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 77. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, supermoms. How are you? I am back at home, back from the lake house. I forgot my microphone, left it in the sauna of the lake house. So if the audio is not as good quality today, I apologize. Although I don't think it was very good quality in the sauna. I'm going to have to find a different solution. But I'm glad to be here with you answering a great question. Well, let's not call it a great question. Let's call it a terrible question called, am I ruining my children? But before we get to that, I just wanted to kind of catch you up. If you heard my little Black Lives Matter, very short, seven minute or something episode, I was really in a state of discombobulation, of discomfort, and I had absolutely nothing to say or nothing that I tried to say could come out right. And so I opted to not say anything, but to listen, to listen to the voices of Black women in particular, Black men also, to really understand what's going on. And holy smokes, have I gotten an education. I can't believe how limited my history classes were at school and just how biased, like I'm just so blown away. So I have become much more aware of the injustices and I continue to sit in discomfort around it all. I can see everything they're saying, no justice, no peace. Like the idea of defunding the police actually makes sense when you look into it, you know, that the structures, um, it's just based on this structure that's built from the foundation of prejudice. And the way I understand defunding the police is that because like they've canceled a lot of the other social services that the, a lot of burden has been placed on police to kind of be the end all be all and help out in so many different ways that they really aren't, isn't designed or trained for. Like it'd be better to have some social services that are more kind, more gentle, more available, more empathic, more understanding than uh, the police. So if you hear that defund the police. Don't uh, get alarmist about it. I think it actually makes a lot of sense. So anyways, as I continue to learn and grow, I just want to apologize to like all people of color for the horrors of the past and the present. On behalf of white people everywhere, I cannot believe what you've had to live through. I cannot imagine raising a little boy, especially of color into the teenage years. My son is 20 and he just uh, broke down. He got a flat tire in the middle of nowhere and didn't have a spare and had to depend on the kindness of others to 
help him get back on the road again. And if he was a young man of color, I cannot imagine how terrifying it would have been for me. It was already scary enough to be so far away from him and not being able to help him. But if he was a young black man, that would have been a very different situation for him, for me, and possibly a different outcome. And so I get, I kind of always understood white privilege. I kind of, well, not always, but I figured it out. Somebody said something to me when I was like 19 years old. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I am very privileged. So I kind of have appreciated it. And, but not to the extent to which I now get it and appreciate it. And so I just want to suggest to everyone else out there to continue to listen, continue to learn, you know, follow active black women on Instagram, watch like Oprah Winfrey's special. She did like a two day special, read the books. I mean, I love seeing that these books that are being recommended right now. I haven't been able to get my hands on them because they're sold out, which is awesome. The New Jim Crow and How to Be an Anti-Racist and all these great books that have just, oh, Our Time is Now is another one that sounds really interesting that I would look forward to reading. But I've been just kind of uh, learning through other channels while I'm waiting for my books to arrive in the mail. So great signs of things to come. I really believe that our country It might not feel like it, but I believe that our country is becoming more kind, that we're going to shift to a more feminine energy, a more gentle, a more spiritual, a more connected way of viewing our whole planet, as well as the people in it and in our country in particular. It's getting a little embarrassing when you see how other countries view America right now. It's like, oh my gosh. I I, I belonged to some Facebook groups. I joined to like become an expat. I wanted to see what it would be like to live in other countries before the pandemic hit. And so I had been applying for citizenship and just kind of exploring what it's like to be an expat. So I'm on all these Facebook groups and it's really fascinating to hear their perspective of America and what's happening and they do not want to come here. But I don't mind being here. I get to encounter lovely people on a daily basis, especially all you super moms. And so I just want to thank you guys for listening, for hanging out with me as I learn and grow to become a more aware person and to use my anger to fight injustice. The best and highest use of anger is to identify and fight for justice. So let's continue to do that while today we talk about, am I ruining my children? (laughs) This is a question that comes from Ava. She writes, dear Tori, I was already stressed before this COVID-19 lockdown. Now my impatience and crankiness have reached new levels. I'm constantly snapping at the kids and having trouble seeing them in a positive light. I love them, but I don't feel loving when I look at them. All I see is what they are doing wrong. I'm constantly writing them. Turn off the screens, comb your hair, clean up your stuff, be nice to your brother. They must be so annoyed by me. All they want is for me to play and be happy, but I just can't. 
How do I know if I'm ruining my children by being such a mean mama? Ava. Okay, Ava. Well, uh, the parent educator answer I will get into first, which is that we adults have these magnificently critical brains that are wired to keep us and our families safe. This is not your fault. This bias that we have towards focusing on the negative has helped keep our families alive for generations. In our current world, however, this ability to hyper-focus on the negative and ignore the positive can lead us into despair because we have very few immediate threats to our physical existence. Like that might've been helpful like 100, 200, 300 years ago. They're like, oh wait, last time, you know, your aunt ate that berry, she got sick. So don't eat that berry. That, that, That was probably very helpful. And that there was maybe more physical threats on a daily basis. Right now, we have very few immediate threats to our physical existence, but we have many perceived threats to our well-being. Just turn on the news and you'll see a hundred things you could be worried about, but they're not immediate and they're not right in front of us right now. So this bias towards the negative keeps our brains focused on protecting ourselves and our families from harm. So I know that when I harp on my kids to bathe, to brush, to be nice, to turn off the Xbox, whatever, it's because I'm perceiving danger. It's this fight or flight state of the brain. If we talk about that traffic signal, red being the freeze, yellow light being fight or flight, and green being playful, rest and digest, social engagement. When I am stuck on this channel where I'm picking on my kids, you need to brush your teeth. You need to be nice. You need to clean up your stuff. You need to come to the table and turn, put your phone down. It's because my brain has got into this yellow fight or flight state. I'm either thinking that the danger is that they're rotting their brains or that they're going to be rejected by society because they look so slovenly <laughs> and uh, like they've just rolled out of bed. They haven't brushed their hair for days. It's like, oh my gosh, you're going to be rejected by society. You won't have friends. People are going to like you. Or I'm perceiving that I'm failing as a mother. Like I'm just did a terrible job and they're not going to be a productive member of society. So my brain goes into this catastrophizing and futurizing. My brain thinks that pointing out all the things they're doing wrong is somehow keeping us safe from harm. This is a perceived harm, but I'm reacting to it as though it's a real important harm that it needs to change right away. Like it's an immediate threat. An unmanaged mind will take you into dark, scary places. It will make you act in a way that is misaligned with your values and who you want to be. Now, more than ever, mamas, it is imperative that we all learn to manage our minds. There is crazy changes, (laughs) crazy stuff, major changes happening all around us. And I don't expect it to end anytime soon. I really think we're going to see a more dismantling of the power structures that were in place, whether that's politics, whether that's government and 
the the hierarchy of like the white male patriarchy, whatever it is, I would not be surprised to see a dismantling of the power structures, which means our brains are going to perceive lots of scary things because change is scary to our brains, right? Even if it's a good change, a positive change, our brains still kind of freak out. They're like, whoa, what's happening? I don't really know. There's no predictability. I can't count on anything. And so when we act from fear, we're not aligned with our values. Our higher self knows the mom that we want to be. We don't want our kids to be afraid of us, (laughs) run away every time we leave the room because of fear of what we're going to make them get off the couch and do. Well, maybe we do want them to be a little afraid of that, (laughs) but we don't want them to be annoyed by us, right? We want them, we want to have a good relationship with them. We want them to look back on their childhood with joy and laughter and peace and not think that like their mom was just this cranky, irritable person all the time. But our lower brain, our fearful brain keeps us from creating that life, that experience for our children and being that person who vibrates in joy and laughter, that green social engagement. That lower brain is coming from the yellow fight or flight state. So you cannot be in love and fear at the same time. So in Ava's question, she says she loves them, but she doesn't feel loving when she looks at them. This is a perfect way to describe it. Like, of course you love them and that's accessing your higher self and kind of your intellectual brain knows that you love them. But the emotional part of you isn't feeling the love. So this just tells me that you're in fear. You can't feel loving when you're also in fear. So in order to switch from fear to love, you will need to manage your thinking. We all need to take responsibility for the energy we create in our homes. This is not the same as feeling guilty. Taking responsibility is not the same thing as feeling guilty. Two separate things. I want to be clear about that. Because guilt doesn't do anyone any good. If I was to feel guilty about the way that Black people have experienced growing up in America then I'm just going to shrink myself down, not take any action, not donate to causes, not read books because guilt doesn't feel good. So you want to avoid it. And I just want to go back into denial so that I can feel better. Guilt does not help. But taking responsibility for the thoughts that we create, our emotions, our actions, This is super empowering, where guilt is disempowering. So that's how you can tell the difference. Am I taking responsibility or am I feeling guilty? Guilt will make you feel disempowered, make you move to inaction. Taking responsibility means I've got full control. I can do stuff. (laughs) I feel empowered. So when we recognize that being left to its own devices, our brains will steer us into some dark and ugly places. It is important to decide with our higher brains what we want to think about. Thinking about ruining our children is very disempowered. It makes us feel guilty. It makes us feel awful, like we've already failed. And 
So we just don't take any action from that place. Just sitting in the driver's seat of our brain and steering it in the direction that we want it to go is not easy. It takes time. It takes compassion. and takes someone else pointing out our blind spots, to be honest. It's really hard to do it on your own because we just can't see it. It's so commonplace. Our thoughts just spin around our head and we can't even notice what we're thinking. But it's one of the most valuable benefits of having a life coach is to help you improve your thinking so that you can improve your life. And so thinking I'm ruining my children is going to disempower you. So what can make you feel empowered? How can you take responsibility for your emotions, your actions that you bring to parenting without feeling guilty? So let's take it right now. In this moment, you can make a decision to focus on what you love about your kids. Even if your brain can only find one thing to love about your obnoxious teenager, train your brain to focus on that one thing. I love a sense of humor. And if that's all you could find, then just keep repeating it to yourself because love gets you out of fear. And when you're in love, you feel more empowered. I love the way my daughter fights for what she believes in. Even if all that fighting is directed at mom, it still focuses you on what you love about her. Because what we focus on expands. And the more you think about what you love about your children, the more loving you can feel. As you start to feel more loving, that fearful part of your brain will calm down allowing your attention to wander into even more loving places. I love my children because of this. This is why I love them. I love this about their personality. I love this about their their perception of the world. Keep focusing and finding the things you love about your kids to help you release the fear. Love is a springboard towards more and more positive emotions, more loving feelings, which kind of drowns out. Actually, though in the Bible, it says love casts out fear. It's a very active verb that focusing on love will cast out the fear. When you parent your kids from a place of love, not fear, you become more aligned with the mom you want to be, happier, kinder, and more loving. When we want to be loving and kind, but aren't being who we want to be, oh boy, well, that higher self (laughs) will just keep on tapping on your brain. And it nags at us with negative emotion to try and get us back into alignment. You're never going to feel good about being in that negative energy with your kids and focusing on all the things they're doing wrong, focusing on all the ways they can improve that in the moment, it just feels like a release of tension because you're in that fight or flight response. So when you voice it, it's kind of alleviates some of the pressure that you're under. But when you go to bed at night, you're going to feel terrible because you're, you start to relax, you start to move into that green zone and your higher brain will come in and say, that's not who you want to be. That's not the mom that you want to be is always harping on your kids and focused on the negative. So thank goodness, right? That that negative emotion is there to steer us in the direction that we want. 
And what we want to do is to get control of our thinking and cast out the fear by focusing on the things you love about your kids. So the life coaching answer of what gets in our way from steering our brains into positive, loving thoughts and away from fear, well, how about a thought like, I am ruining my children? So even though this thought, which is very common, I know that there's going to be a lot of parents. In fact, I'm going to take a guess that this might be one of my higher rating episodes just because of the title. (laughs) So we'll see if I'm right. Porn is still winning, parents. (laughs) Let's see if we can beat out, caught my child watching porn. Maybe we'll do it with, am I ruining my children? So even though Ava worded this as a question of like, am I ruining my children? She didn't word it as a sentence, but more of a question. It's still a terrible question to ask. And the reason I know it's terrible is because of how it feels when you ask it. So everyone who's listening, just close your eyes for a minute and think the thought, am I ruining my children? And just notice what that feels like in the body. Physically, can you feel the weight on your shoulders? Can you feel the pressure on your chest with the thought, am I ruining my children? Notice the like nausea in your gut. It's guilt. It's heaviness. It feels, I'm ashamed when I think this thought or ask this question. When you feel this tremendous weight on your shoulders, how do you act? Well, you act lethargic, snappy, overwhelmed with life, irritable. This question only leads you to more stress, more guilt, and more negativity. What does it even mean? (laughs) Ruining my children. How would you know? if you've ruined your children. Okay, let's question a little bit because I do think it's a common one. Isn't it a bit disrespectful and presumptuous to judge someone else's life as ruined? Like, can you imagine like going to somebody you know and love and let's say they had a bad experience. They did something bad, stupid. They made a mess of their life. I want you to imagine going to them and saying, yeah, you ruined your life. Like from now on, your life is just sewer water. Like it has no value at all. Like, do you know any parents who were like really amazing and wonderful parents, but still had a kid who headed down the wrong path and made a mess of their life? Think about it. Do you know anybody like that? It was a great parent. Kid kind of made some disastrous mistakes or just really you know, went into a dark place, had some sort of dramatic problem, but the parents were great. If you can't think of anybody like that, read Beautiful Boy by David Sheff. Do you know any parents who were total deadbeats, but the kids turned out to be productive members of society? Think about it. Do you know anyone like that? If not, (laughs) read The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls or Educated by Tara Westover. To expand your perspective that a parent has the capacity to ruin their children. Because if you really question that, I'm going to say it's actually not within your power to ruin your children's life. I mean, there's some parents who put babies in dumpsters and that child's life is still not ruined, right? Like somebody found them, took them to a hospital, they were adopted. Like, gosh, things 
all to believe that you have the power to ruin your child's life is a bit of a God complex, I would say. But our current culture puts so much pressure on moms to do everything perfectly and blame the mom if things go bad, that it's a very common perspective that we think we can ruin our children. Anybody who's gone to therapy, you realize that it's kind of like all about mom and what mom didn't do, what you needed mom to do that she dropped the ball doing. And you come out of therapy thinking, well, I'm going to be the perfect mom. I'm not going to let my kids feel this way. Guess what? You don't have that much power. Our current culture puts a lot of pressure on moms to do everything right. And if anything goes wrong, they blame bad parenting. This pressure is toxic to ourselves and to our children. We put all this pressure on our kids, needing them to be exemplary in order for us to feel like we're doing a good job raising them. This is creating a generation of stressed out kids and unhappy mamas. We are not putting as much emphasis on play and fun and relaxation. Instead, we're putting all this pressure on our kids to succeed so that we can feel like a success. This is not helpful. It is impossible for you to ruin your children, Ava, and anybody else out there. You just can't do it. Even if you tried to ruin them, they are their own person. They have personalities and resiliencies that you haven't even tapped into yet. Yes, you are an incredible influence on them, but they are not putty in your hands. They have their own inner wisdom, their own perspective, their own drive, their own emotions, and their own personalities. Take the pressure off yourself and notice how wonderful they are without you having to do anything at all. Like if you just dropped every ball, they would still be wonderful human beings. (laughs) Take the pressure off yourself. It is impossible to ruin your children. Today's super mom kryptonite is being overly responsible. One thing my super mom clients have in common is an overactive sense of responsibility. Does this sound familiar to all you super moms listening out there? Number one, you work hard to make plans for your family and you kind of lose it when things don't go as you planned. Like you are kind of the scheduler, you're the organizer, you're the planner. And you get exhausted and frustrated by doing so much planning. And when things don't go away, you get (laughs) irritated. Number two, you get annoyed by the irresponsibility of your family members. So when they are lackadaisical, when they drop the ball, you take that responsibility on your shoulders. And so you get mad at them for not doing more. You think, okay, I want my family to step up and take more responsibility so that I can relax. But every time they relax or drop the ball, you feel like it's your responsibility to uh, take over and step up and take charge. So an example would be like, Rather than just like letting your kid fail a class, you're like, oh, now I need to step in, talk to the teacher, you know, sit down with them while they do their homework. This is taking on extra responsibility and getting annoyed at the irresponsibility of your family. 
Okay, number three, your attention is constantly on your to-do list. Always remind yourself of the things you should be doing, things you should be doing better, things you should be doing different, that your to-do list is kind of dragging you through your day or you feel just obligated and tied to it and you have a lot of shoulds, a lot of shoulding going on in your side of your head. Number four, you feel tired, guilty, annoyed, and anxious a lot of the time. These are all signs that you have fallen into the supermom kryptonite trap of being overly responsible. Our culture rewards responsibility, but taken too far, responsibility robs us of our ability to enjoy the exact life we worked so hard to create. You know, when you are a very responsible person, you're totally rewarded through schools, the teachers love you, you get good grades, you take care of business, society rewards you, you get good jobs, you show up on time, people depend on you, they give you raises, promotions, like it's a great trait. The problem comes when you take this over-responsibility into parenting. It backfires. It's exhausting. (laughs) I just had three days by myself up at the cabin in our new little lake house. And it was so heavenly. Like all through this coronavirus, I have been starved for alone time while simultaneously being lonely and craving my friends. (laughs) It's been a strange thing. I'm like, I need more people and I need to be by myself. So I finally got it. Three days by myself. The following three days were spent with my daughter and her two friends inside our germ circle. Okay. So back inside the germ circle, I've got three teenage girls. I noticed that I wasn't enjoying myself as much with the teenagers there as I was by myself. Even though my activities in my life really hadn't changed. Like I was still coaching. I still had the weekend. I was like, I kind of still doing what I want. Sure. I had to cook more, but I said, you know, it was like, why am I not enjoying this as much? So I was really trying to figure it out. And I realized it's because I was taking on responsibility for how my daughter's friends were experiencing their weekend. I worried about whether they were having enough fun or were they miss home? Were they hungry? Were they bored? Were they hot, cold, annoyed? I was putting my brain was in their business Now, this level of responsibility might have been appropriate if they were toddlers, but these are teenagers. They are perfectly capable of speaking up for themselves. They can entertain themselves. If they're bored, they can manage that. If they're hungry, they can manage that. They can feed themselves. They can manage their own body temperature. But I'm so adept at external considering, considering the feelings of other people being that overly responsible and overly empathic that I put myself into their shoes way more than is necessary and more in a way that causes me suffering and doesn't actually cause them any good. (laughs) I mean, maybe a little bit because I'll ask, were you too hot last night? Were you too cold last night? But the amount of, it shouldn't be taking over my ability to enjoy myself, right? It's like too much responsibility. 
I love to host gatherings. I love to have people over to my house, but this over-responsibility plagues me and keeps me from enjoying my own events. If you are overly responsible, learning how to manage your mind is super important if you want to increase the quality of your life. So here's some tips. Notice all the times you're in someone else's business, worrying what they might be thinking or feeling or trying to control or manage their emotions, their behavior. Awareness is the first step. Your signal that you're in someone else's business is that you're suffering. Okay. If you feel terrible, you're probably in somebody else's business. The second tip is to try and label it. Like whose business am I in? When I'm worried about my daughter's friends, I'm in their business. Maybe I'm in my daughter's business. Maybe it's her job to make sure that her friends are entertained and fed and warm or cold. Maybe I can let go of that. Whose business am I? Am I in God's business when I'm arguing that my kids should misbehave, shouldn't misbehave and they are? You know, maybe kids just do misbehave. They just don't like listening to their parents. Maybe it's just God's business that kids prefer video games to reading books. (laughs) Maybe I can let go of that. So the next tip is to let go of all the things that are outside your control. So first, notice when you're in someone else's business. Second, label it. And third, let go of it. If it's not your business, let go of it. You control the rules you set in your house. You decide what and how to reinforce the consequences. But your kids decide if it's worth it to them to follow these rules and accept the consequences. You can set example for a healthy lifestyle and schedule opportunities for your kids to be active, but it's up to you whether your kids want to emulate you or not to obey the schedule or not. It is very freeing to let go of the things you cannot control and only focus on the things you do have power over. So today's Supermom Power Boost is taking 100% responsibility for your life. Once we let go of responsibility for other people's thoughts, feelings, and actions, it frees us to take responsibility for the things we can control. There will always be limitations. If you are a woman of color in a racist society, there will be limitations. If your child has a disability or a neurological difference that makes learning a challenge, there will be limitations. If your kids would rather TikTok than go on a hike with you, Well, accept reality as it presents itself. Then set about making the most of the life you have been given. If your kids are behaving in a way you don't like, assume you have the power to change it. Not by feeling guilty, blaming, or telling yourself it's all your fault, but by taking responsibility for your part in it. Focus on your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions. Let's say your child is constantly asking for more video game time. This is his business, not yours. He gets to decide what interests him and what he asks for. He can ask you a hundred times a day to play video games. That is not a problem. But you could take responsibility for your part in the situation. What are your thoughts about his asking to play video games? If your thought is, he should want to play outside, he should listen to me when I tell him no, then it's going to make you annoyed and angry. And when you feel annoyed and angry, argue, you engage him in a debate, you give him your negative attention, your negative energy, all sorts of drama, which he probably loves. 
So just by you changing how you react to your child, you can affect the situation. If you decide you are done with this argument and you're not going to gauge in it anymore, he can ask to play a hundred times a day, but you can just decide that this is boring. You yawn, you ignore him, you change the subject, you give him a hug. Eventually he will learn that there is no payoff for him to continue asking. No excitement, no argument, and no caving into his request for more time. This is totally within your power. The way to know if you are taking responsibility for your actions is by how you feel. Taking 100% responsibility for your life will feel empowering. Being overly responsible, beating yourself up for things you have no control over will feel disempowering. So pay really close attention to how you feel and you will know whether you are on the right responsibility track. Today's quote of the day, remember, you and you alone are responsible for maintaining your energy. Give up blaming, complaining, and excuse making, and keep taking action in the direction of your goals, however mundane or lofty they may be. Jack Canfield. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will love you and leave you. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.